Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where our election integrity investigation continues on with new developments almost every few hours. It's really remarkable what our reporters are digging up, what lawyers in the field are digging up. Again, we don't know if there's enough there for the courts to intervene or the legislatures to intervene to reverse or stop uh, what's going on. But we are finding real issues, issues that should matter to you so that your vote does count always the same way it always did in the past. And on that score, we're going to talk a little bit today um, about uh, a survey we did in Pennsylvania that found documents, proves there was a dual system of uh, vote counting uh, on Election Day in uh, the great state of Pennsylvania, where, of course, there's a lot of the litigation ongoing right now. Uh, also, we're going to have Newt Gingrich on the show today. Very lucky to have the South Speaker. He's coming to us from Italy, where he's with his wife, the ambassador to the Vatican. Uh, but he's going to bring his latest insights, his thoughts on not only the election, the election integrity issues, but where we are in the parties. What does the Trump coalition do going forward? What does the Democrats do um, uh, with their left center? interest fight ongoing, which seems to be winning more and more every day by the leftists. So much more. Uh, he's going to make sense of all of that for us. Now, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to go through a couple of stories on our site, justthenews.com, with, um, that were an outgrowth of the Election Integrity Project. And then we'll get to Newt Gingrich. You don't want to miss that. Be right back after these commercial breaks. Hey, folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. In a few minutes, yes, Newt Gingrich is really joining us from Rome, where he is um, uh, visiting with his wife, the ambassador to the Vatican. Very important uh, interview coming up. You're going to want to hear everything he has to say about the elections, about the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, the Trump coalition. We're going to cover it all uh, with the one, the only, Newt Gingrich. But before we get to that, uh, first, I want to talk to you. Uh, every day I've been trying to give you updates on what it is that we're doing here at Just the News and the Election Integrity Project. Again, this isn't a project designed to say Donald Trump was defrauded or Joe Biden really won. What we're trying to do is to get through the process and help you understand, did votes get counted lawfully? Did votes get casted lawfully? Did unlawfully or improperly counted votes improperly get counted? And uh, we've we've worked on six states, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. And every day we try to bring you uh, some result of what we've come up with. Yesterday we talked about 
a large number of irregularities that voters on the record, people who tried to vote or listed as voted uh, uh, or tr- uh, voted and isn't, aren't, haven't been counted, we gave you their voices. You got to hear from them. Great project by Daniel Payne, one of my colleagues here. Today, another of my colleagues, um, our uh, congressional correspondent, Nick Ballacy, I think you see him often on our TV shows and on our uh, podcast. Nick did a really important project, one that I think uh, has a lot of merit. He There was, as we all know now, it's well documented, the Secretary of State, a Democrat in Pennsylvania, uh, made a really significant rule change uh, towards the end of the election, allowing uh, or sending out instructions to the local county clerks, and uh, there's 67 of them in Pennsylvania, saying, hey, if a ballot comes in and it's broken, you can help cure it. You can help fix it. Um, now, uh, some of the uh, clerks who received that, uh, we know implemented it. We believe in Philadelphia, particularly the largest county, it was implemented. And then in some of the other counties, particularly Trump counties, counties run by Republicans, we were hearing they didn't implement it because they didn't think the advice was legal. They didn't see the legislature authorize such uh, a um uh, an option to cure ballots and fix ballots. And so they, they, we were hearing they didn't. So what we did is we surveyed the counties. Not everyone responded, and that, not surprising, the election officials are still pretty tied up with issues and other things. But our survey found a large number of uh, Pennsylvania counties did um, implement the uh, curing instructions of the Secretary of State, even though they weren't authorized by the legislature. And some of the ones that did were the big Democratic counties where where uh, Joe Biden got large amounts of the vote. And then we found a large number, at least 15, almost equal the number of the ones we found that definitely confirmed they did it. 15 said they didn't do it because they didn't think it was illegal, they didn't think it was proper, or they didn't hear about it, didn't know about it in time. Why is that significant? Well, as we've been saying, that these legal challenges are hinging on the very important issue. Did uh, an uh, election be conducted equally across the state? Meaning, did every voter have the same equal protection to have their vote cast, counted, cured, if there was a curing process? And we now can say for certain, in Pennsylvania, the curing problem was Uh, an unequal protection issue. There are 15 counties at least that said they didn't do it. There's 14 counties at least, uh, including Philadelphia, who did do it. The others aren't answering yet. But when you have that disparity, you have prima facie proof under the law that there was disparate treatment uh, of voters under uh, the law. And when you add in the second question, uh, the oddity that the Secretary of State made this proclamation without uh, potentially getting the approval or authority of the legislature, which is where the Constitution says voting changes are to be made, uh, you have potentially a double-barreled legal argue in the state of Pennsylvania. This came directly out of our survey. We had reporters working on this for two weeks. It's the sort of stuff we're doing in the Election Integrity Review. Again, we're not picking sides. We're not picking winners and losers. We're not trying to help Donald Trump or hurt Donald Trump, help Joe Biden, hurt Donald uh, Joe Biden. We're trying to get you facts that you and the courts and the judges and the lawmakers and the American public can make up your own mind on the question of, was this election conducted fairly? That's what we do at Just the News. We don't have an agenda. We don't have an opinion. We just have facts that we try to give you and things that you aren't getting elsewhere. No one had surveyed the uh, 
Pennsylvania counties. No one had dug in and, and done this sort of review. And now the American public can rest assured there is a factual basis to, to say that there was a dual election system going on in Pennsylvania, at least as it went went towards the issue of fixing curing ballots. So check that out. Nick Ballasey, um, uh, Bri- Brianna Kramer, two good reporters who worked on this for two weeks straight. Uh, that's the sort of work it takes to get a survey of uh, busy election clerks to respond. Um, we now have it on the site and I think a very important piece of investigative journalism that we hope will, will benefit you. One more, it's a story I broke late last night. Actually, I'll two more quickly. Uh, if you hadn't had a chance yet, there is a new report out from Senators Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson, the Republican chairman of two very important committees in the Senate, saying that they have even more evidence that Hunter Biden and his business associates were in bed with the communist Chinese and uh, Russians, particularly Rosneft. Uh, There was a deal being discussed in which a Chinese businessman working with Hunter Biden and his associates was trying to buy a large percentage of Russia's oil giant, state-owned oil giant known as Rosneft. Um, The new evidence is out there. We have the stories and the documents. You don't have to take our word for it. You can go to the dig-in tool on the story, read the documents. But uh, there's very little doubt uh, Hunter Biden's own emails, which have been released by the Senate, Uh, at least some of these communications, text messages and emails, you'll see he is talking about having contact with this Chinese businessman who the Senate links to the Chinese Communist Party, a guy named Yi. uh, And Hunter Biden is saying he's having regular breakfast with him. He's consulting with him. He's aware of the Rosneft Russian deal. Why is that important? Well, here's what the senators say. If you're the son of the sitting vice president or the son of a man who may be the next president in 2020, and you're in business with the Chinese communists, you're in business with big Russian oil state owned by Vladimir Putin, uh, you pose potentially a uh, national security threat. You may be what they call over the barrel. You may have things that will later be used against you and your family leveraged. And they don't believe that the intelligence community, the FBI, Um, The Biden family itself has done enough vetting to answer those questions. Important story. If you want to read the report, more importantly, read the underlying documents, go to justinnews.com, look for my byline, John Solomon. You'll see that story. Uh, Very important new development in the Hunter Biden ethics investigation, conflicts of interest investigation. We always keep you up to date on those sort of issues. Finally, uh, late last night, this was perhaps the last story I wrote before I finally got some Z's last night. Um, The Wayne County Board of Canvassers, the two Republicans who back on Tuesday night originally voted not to certify the election results in Wayne County, that's the largest county in Michigan, the home of Detroit, the city of Detroit, a city with a long history of political corruption. Well, these board of canvasser members of Republicans refused to certify the election results. As a result, they didn't get certified. Then there was an outcry. They were called racist. They had insults hurled at them. They had their family's safety threatened, and then they recapitulated and said, all right, well, we'll give a conditional vote and say, we'll do this only if the Secretary of State agrees to uh, do an audit and canvas of the very serious issues. I'm going to talk about those, what they are in a second. Uh, Very serious issues um, in the book ballot, the ballot books, the the authentication books used for voters to make sure that they're allowed to vote and when you accept their ballot. Um, 
last night a dramatic turnaround. So they they went from rejecting it to then agreeing to it on conditions. Last night, they rescinded their permission. They asked to rescind their vote to authorize the Wayne County results. And the reason they say is at first, the promises they were made did not occur. The Secretary of State is not going to do the type of audit they wanted. The books of in Detroit City specifically are a mess, they say. Here's what they say, 71, 72, 75%, somewhere between 70 and 75% of the precinct ballot books, the verification books, they say are misaligned with the votes, meaning the votes and the authorizations don't line up. That's a good reason uh, to hold off and say, why don't we take a deep breath and resolve this? Maybe there's some votes that shouldn't have been counted. Maybe there's some problems that occurred here. We know that some of these misaligned books started showing up at least in 2016 and certainly in the primary election earlier this year. Nobody bothered to fix it. And now we're in this really awkward moment where Michigan County, at least the two Republican board members of the Board of Canvassers, the people who certify results, no longer feel confident in them. They've withdrawn or tried to rescind their um, uh, votes. The Democratic establishment of Michigan is trying to push it through. I think this is one, and it's probably why these two Board of Canvassers wrote affidavits. I think this is one that's headed to the courts. Um, but that is out there now. You should check that out on justthenews.com as well. All right, that's the latest from election land, election integrity land, uh, the Hunter Biden investigation, try to bring you up to speed on all those important uh, issues. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, yes, the one and only Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, historian, best-selling author, you know who he is. He'll be here in just a few seconds for a conversation about the elections with John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, the one, the only, Newt Gingrich, the former House Speaker, the great political mind, historian, author, television star. You can pick any title you want to use from him. He's achieved them all. Newt, welcome to the show. Glad to be with you and congratulations. Thank You've had you. a terrific run developing oh. this program. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're really, really been blessed. We're really great. We keep getting good guests like you. So we're, that's what moves the show along. It's great. So I, I want to talk about where we are in this election, uh, hanging election. And um, you have written some pieces and talked recently and really caught my ear on something that this isn't just about deciding who won the Trump v. Biden election. It's also about the future of American elections. I wonder if you can just extrapolate some of the concerns that you've been able to identify as you watch uh, all these irregularities be squeezed into the public light, you know, one by one. They're hard to get a hold of, but as we see them, what, what do you see wrong with the American election system? Well, I, I think in many ways we're beginning to resemble both the level of corporate and political corruption 
that defined the uh, late 19th century, early 20th century. Um, some of the behavior, for example, uh, the Nevada uh, state legislature and governor have adopted laws which are really like Tammany Hall. Right. Uh, they guarantee you're not going to win. Uh, they're totally un-American. Uh, and they're in, in if you only stay inside the state, it's an internally closed system. So you can't bring, you know, the courts are going to say, well, you know, the legislature wrote it, the governor signed it. What are you complaining about? Right. The fact is, it is, it is fully as corrupt as anything Tammany Hall ever tried to do. Um, we also have, and, and it's and I emphasized corporate corruption as much as um, political corruption, because you look at uh, the way in which uh, Twitter, for example, or Facebook have been censoring people. Right. Uh, that's a form of corruption. You look at the uh, left-wing networks and the left-wing newspapers who are enthusiastically lying every day. That's a form of corruption. So in my mind, you go down this list and you end up with a series of really um, very unacceptable behaviors which threaten the freedom of individual Americans. I mean, if, if and you see that that really beginning to work, huh? you go to some of these states where left-wing Democrats have decided that uh, casinos are vital, but churches and synagogues aren't. Yeah, uh, and you're really beginning to see use of political power to coerce everyday people into things they don't believe in, they don't want, uh, but using the power of the government. I mean, sheriffs in upstate New York have now said publicly. They will not enforce Cuomo's insane rules for Thanksgiving. And he's incensed because he wants to use the government to punish people. Yeah. Recently, uh, as you may know, he recently uh, literally uh, welded shut the gate to a Jewish cemetery because he didn't want him to have a large memorial gathering. Now, I mean, if that's not a direct violation, of religious liberty right. and a direct violation of the right to assemble. So we've watched the Constitution being thrown out by these guys who are crooks, who are dishonest, uh, and who will run over us if they can. It's, um, you know, the, the debate between the big government Democrats and, and small uh, small government conservatives has gone on for a long time. But the acceleration, particularly in the last two years, of the exercise of power in these democratic states. What do you think emboldened these politicians? There's always been, you know, certainly if you go back to the Bill Clinton era, there was always a counterbalance. There was always some in the Democratic Party that would put some weight on the backside of this. And of course, the American people are a tremendous check and balance too. But what gave rise to a sudden group of Democratic leaders who felt they could seize this much power in this short of a time? I, I think a couple of things. I think first, they've been getting more radical. That uh, you were to go back to uh, Herbert Marcuse and Berkeley in 1961, there's just been a steady movement to being more violent, more coercive, more radical. I think second, um, it's one of those, I, I, don't, I can't remember the exact right phrase, but <clears throat> if, you're a, if you're a left-wing governor or a left-wing mayor like de Blasio, COVID became the excuse to be who you really are. And it's like the mask was dropped. Yeah. And, and whether it's Whitmer in, in Michigan or Cuomo in New York or Murphy in New Jersey, um, 
these these people are really uh, bad people, and they enjoy power. Uh, they lie routinely. Uh, they are co like they like coercion. They like the sense that I'm I'm the boss and you're not. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a remarkable breakdown of what has been a relatively restrained American system, uh, where we've had a number of limits that. Uh, enabled you to, in a sense, hide behind the law, that the law protected you. And right. now what you have is the law is hunting you, and the law wants to destroy you. Uh, it's a remarkable turnaround. It's almost hard to imagine those words uttered when we, you know, from the era that we all came from and grew up in. But I, I, you see it every day. And um, I wonder, you know, the episode this past weekend where uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, who's been one of the biggest, you know, imposers of COVID restrictions, even though his state, even during all those uh, restrictions, the state has continued to go up. So he really hasn't suppressed the virus, but he ends up going to a dinner and violating his own rules. And he doesn't tell the truth about it. How do episodes like that, is there a political boomerang to some of these things? You had Whitmer, I think, or her husband go to the cabin once. You've had Nancy Pelosi at the hairdresser. Uh, I think the Chicago mayor, uh, Lightfoot, was at the hairdresser. When when a group of these uh, strong, imposing Democratic leaders are then caught violating their own roles, does it start to build a political movement against them, you think? Yeah, I, I think what you're seeing, and you saw it in the election below the presidency. Right. Uh, for example, I think every left-wing referendum except marijuana, every other referendum failed all the way all across the whole country. Yep. They failed in California as much as they failed anywhere else. I think uh, the Republican gains in the House were in part a reflection of that. I think the, the survival of people like Susan Collins uh, when, when she was being outspent by enormous numbers. Yeah, crazy or, amounts of numbers. I, I talked today to Lindsey Graham who had the most expensive center race in the country right. and went home and boom, you know, turned it around within a matter of a week. Uh, I think that what well, you don't have yet, because the um, one of the great weaknesses and one of the things in an ironic way, one of the things that Trump was doing was he actually gave a lot of thought to communicating the concepts that he was the governing body. Mm -hmm. And right. you read the best of his speeches, they're remarkable. Yeah. Much closer to Reagan than to, say, either of the Bushes. Right. Um, but the Republican Party as a whole undervalues the importance of words, and it undervalues the importance of winning the argument. So we'll have to wait and see. What I'm, what I'm impressed by, and, and at uh, Gingrich 360, we now have a series of, of young uh, podcast hosts who are brilliant. Yes. One young guy who's, I think, 18 or 19. Yeah, I think um, I might have been on that show last week. It was great. <laughs> yeah. You know, but these, but part of what we're doing is we're cultivating a new generation of, of thinkers and talkers. And I think they're all going to be anti-government. I think that they're all going to be saying, for, the government has, first of all, government tends to be controlled by bureaucracies. Yeah. Uh, you look at this teachers union, for example, it's clear the teachers union has no interest in students and no interest in education. It's essentially just a power machine designed to get money out of its uh, members. Um, so I think there's going to be an anti-bureaucracy part of this. Right. But I also think there's going to be a much deeper understanding of what Acton, Lord Acton meant when he said that power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, when you watch somebody like 
a Cuomo uh, or, or uh, Gavin Newsom. Right. You're watching people who are corrupted by power. Now, de, de Blasio doesn't quite fit that because de Blasio is crazy uh, <laughs> and, and clearly the worst mayor in the country. I think what you're seeing is that um, the best of the Republican governors are very cautious and actually believe their job is to be is to be a steward of the public interest and to maximize the freedom of individuals and families. Um, the Democratic governors tend to believe that it's their job to protect the government against you and, and to uh, insist that they, they raise your taxes to pay off their government. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a profound statement when you think it think it through, and so um, antithetical to the American experience. It's a, it is remarkable. Um, as you look out at the uh, election, uh, as we're we're coming into the, the period where electors are going to have to be named soon, uh, how do you handicap the president's chances, and what do you think of his legal strategy, and what is the bigger takeaway that the American public should take from this fight? Is this just Donald Trump trying to hold on to power, or do you see a bigger cause here that the president is fighting for? Well, I've said publicly and to him that I hope he will not concede right. until we have recounted every vote. That I think he owes it to the American people to insist on an honest count. And if he concedes, we will never get an honest count. So in that sense, I, I absolutely hope that he will hang tough no matter what the pressure is. Second, I think that he has a, a long shot but real opportunity mm -hmm. Uh, Graham Allison, who was the Secretary of Defense for Bill Clinton, right, um, came back and said that he th that he thought um, I'm sorry, Allison was Secretary of Defense for, for Obama that that he thought that there was a 20 percent chance that Trump would win. That because of the nature of our legal system and the nature of the way the Electoral College works, that it's it's a long way from being over. Wow, and people don't understand that. So I think we have to wait and see how some of these recounts occur. I think we have to see whether or not there's a federal standard of action in Nevada. Right. But when you have, when you have, for example, as Ronald McDaniel, the Republican National Committee chair, who used to be the Michigan chair, yeah. said yesterday that 72% of the precincts in Detroit could not reconcile their votes. So they would say, we sent out 100. It's uh, unbelievable. Uh, absentee ballots and oh we got 200 back isn't that interesting yeah but they couldn't reconcile 73 out of every four yeah but yep it strikes me that, that in, in in the states that are really marginal nevada wyoming michigan pennsylvania and georgia all five of those states i think uh with an honest count could end up being for trump that, that's an extraordinary thought, uh, given how far we've listened to the media for two weeks telling us it's over, over, right. over. But um, I was struck last night when these two, actually watching the last 24 hours, these two Wayne County um, Board of Canvasser Republicans who you know, tried to stand up and say, listen, we, we just don't want to certify these until these books are resolved. We should have books that balance if we're going to have an honest election. And then they were called racist and they had uh, personal security threats lodged against them, much like the Trump lawyers did when they got doxxed. Uh, and then they bend for a little bit and then they, you know, they come back and take a deep breath and realize, you know what, we got to stand our ground. We can't allow these election results to be certified. What do you think is the story in Detroit? Is it a an old machine that um, didn't care to keep the books right and 
figured out how to get votes where they needed them when they wanted them. Uh, machine politics have been around in these big cities, but yeah. to see it exposed <laughs> this way for the first time is really unusual. No, I know, no. That, uh, Rana told me that it was, they had 80% of the precincts had discrepancies in 2018. Wow. So, I mean, what you have both in Detroit and in Philadelphia is a pure machine. Yeah. It's not anything new or different. Right. Uh, these, are, these are corrupt systems. Uh, the reason we're paying attention to them is the presidency. Right. Otherwise, but the machine hasn't changed. It may be, maybe it's, there is an argument that the machine had to, had to steal more because Trump was stronger than they expected him to be. And there, in fact, is an argument that the reason you see a sudden stop of vote counting about one in the morning on election night is they've suddenly realized that unless they change what they're doing, they'll lose because there were so many more Trump votes than they were prepared for. You, you so really believe that? I've heard you talk about that. I mean, you're, you're pretty convinced that that's really what happened at one in the morning, right? <laughs> the, the, the boarding goes yeah, up I, in these I windows. I'm a historian. Right. Uh, and so I know there can, be, there can be many different explanations. Right. But if you follow the rule that the simplest answer is usually the right one, uh, it is. It is strikes me, and, and you see this, by the way, in various hour-by-hour hour analyses of votes. Right. Uh, but there's this stunning moment when all of a sudden Biden comes roaring up with an amazing number of new votes. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, it could all just be a, a, a amazingly random that in five states it all happened at the same time. Yeah. It strikes me as unlikely. And in each of those states, there were similar behaviors, right? The uh, GOP observers get kicked out. There's a sudden delay. Uh, it's it's almost as though there was a singular playbook playing through these states. And again, it could be coincidence. It could be something related to COVID and absentee ballots. But there was a, 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 a very homogenous type experience in each of these states. And I and I, I'm curious, you know, when you when you were the speaker, you you empowered your chairman in the Congress to do real oversight. I mean, you had some really great, uh, uh, you know, cha chairman who now knew how to dig people like Dan Burt and others. And they they got to the bottom of issues like this in uh, Michigan, where there's a Republican legislature, Pennsylvania Republican legislature. What should these lawmakers be doing to assist the Americans to understanding what happened here? Should they be well, dropping they subpoenas? Well, they should be subpoenaing. What they should really be doing is saying, we are going to insist on a complete 100% recount. Uh, actually, what's called a canvas. Canvas, right? Where yeah. We're going to look at every single vote. We're going, to, we're going to make sure that we actually understand what happened. And we are not going to elect any electors until this happens. Yeah. Because this, this, the state legislature, there's Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh wrote a note. It's in a footnote in a decision in Wisconsin. Right. Uh, where he said flatly, this is up to the legislature. Yeah. And I would say to anybody who wants to get an honest count, call your state legislator and tell them you're expecting them to do their job. And though, I mean, in the four states that the Republicans have a majority, they should be doing it. Yep. In the fifth state, Nevada, you're going to have to, I think, have a U.S. attorney right. file a federal lawsuit, <clears throat> yep. which I think would be modeled on the old, the way we took apart segregationist law in the past. Really? So this is Sure. This is the same principle, that the federal government has a right and, and, and a responsibility to intervene if the civil rights of citizens are, are being, being stake, right? violated. And it's clear that the civil <clears throat> rights of Republicans are being totally run over in Nevada. 
Yeah, and that's really the question here, right? And when you look at the most prescient argument that the president's team is making, it's really about equal protection, that you can't have voters voting one way in half of a state and voting an entirely different way in another state. We did a survey here, just came out this morning, of all of the um, <clears throat> Pennsylvania uh, county clerks, and half of them followed the Secretary of State's uh very questionable legal opinion saying you should cure ballots if they come in, fix them yourself. The other half said we thought it was illegal and we didn't do it. So you literally have two groups of voters in um, Pennsylvania treated very differently. That really, that's sort of the core constitutional issue that the um, Trump campaign has a lot of me to, doesn't it? Well, and frankly, they should also go after Zuckerberg's the money. Uh, $400 million foundation yeah. on the same grounds because he's coming into Georgia again. That's right. And yeah, we had that yesterday. Only to Democratic counties. Yeah. And that's clearly false, uh, certainly for a nonprofit foundation. I mean, it'd be one thing if he was a super PAC, but as a nonprofit foundation, uh, they clearly should not be doing this. Yeah. And that's, the, but that's just an example of what I mean by the whole corruption of the system. Yeah. I mean, you now have these billionaires who think that they get to make the rules. And I'm told, I've not seen the details yet, but I'm told the Soros will be in Georgia uh, spending a lot of money. I saw a report so to that effect, it's yes. It's going to be, the next six weeks is going to be really amazing. Yeah, no, they really are. Do you feel that the Republican machine, the machine you need to get your vote out in Georgia, and you know Georgia better than anyone, um, uh, do you think the machine's ready to to counter whatever Stacey Abrams and the Democrats are going to put up? I mean, they have a very activist no. organization down there now. Look, I, I think that Republicans have to learn that there are two parallel events. There's a campaign, which is what we like. Right. You raise lots of money, put up lots of TV ads, makes you feel good. And there's the election, which we don't like. Okay. The Democrats have exactly the opposite model. They didn't care if Biden stayed in his basement. Right. Because their goal was to use the election to get him elected, no matter what the campaign was. And so we have a grave danger in Georgia. I mean, they the Democrats have two pretty weak candidates once you explain who they are. Right. And one clearly among the most radical people, maybe the most radical person. Yeah, ever people are starting to get a people. sense of Garnock's record now for the first time you're, you're yeah. seeing. Yeah. But, but I can imagine a circumstance where we do really well in the polls, except that Stacey Abrams generates 300,000 votes or 400,000 votes. Wow. And so we're, I do not believe the Georgia Republican Party is in any way prepared for the depth of this. And I think the Georgia Republican voters are demoralized and confused. Right. Uh, they have a governor who's not delivering. They have a secretary of state who's not delivering. They thought they were going to carry the state handily. Uh, they're watching yeah. it be stolen. And nobody's nobody's effective. And I, I think this is a, there's a very real danger we could lose both seats. Wow. That's a uh, that, that would be a big headline, especially with so much at stake. You know, the Republicans, it's it's their right. Senate to lose right now. So um, it, yeah. that, that would be a remarkable thing. Uh, when you look out now, uh, whether Trump is president on January 21st or retired as the 45th president of America, there is now a different tent that Republicans live in. It's bigger. It's more diverse. Uh, it is um, more tilted to the worker, uh, less tilted from the country club Republican 
when when the party wakes up on the 21st, no matter which way, how do we tend to that flock? How does the Republican Party grow that? Uh, and if you're the Democrats, how are you going to try to pick away at it, right? There's two ways to look at this. What do the Democrats do to take this incredible new coalition that Trump built? And then what do the Republicans have to do to keep it in growing into, into uh, an electoral majority for years to come? Well, I think Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader in the House, probably has the best grip on this. Uh, with, with Elise Stefanik's uh, active help. Right. Yeah, she did some York. great work for the, uh, for the <coughs> GOP. They, yep. went out of the, they have the most females, the most minority, right. uh, the most diverse House Republican Party in history. And I think they intend to grow that and continue down that road, which is exactly right. Um, at the same time, um, I just wrote a newsletter at Gingrich 360 pointing out that when Clinton won, two years later, I became Speaker and we picked up 54 seats. Right. When Obama won, <clears throat> excuse me, two years later, uh, led by John Boehner, we picked up uh, 63 seats. And so I raised the question, if you're a House Democrat, how many seats do you think you'll lose in two years? Because it's going to be close enough now that I think the mathematical odds are probably nine to one that uh, McCarthy's the next Speaker of the House. Wow. Which, which has a double effect because as it sinks in, his ability to recruit candidates, his ability to raise money goes up. Yep. And Pelosi's goes down. And so, you know, if, she, if she's seen as a lame duck, because they're not going to be able to hold the House. If Biden, if Biden does in the end become president, they will not be able to hold the House in two years. Wow. Yeah, no, that's a big dynamic. that, And it's right around the corner. It doesn't feel like it, but it's going to be uh -huh. around the corner before we know it. Um, uh, I'd love to just examine one more dynamic with you because uh, you and I have talked about this before, but I, you can see it playing out every day, even in the shadows of the, the hanging election. Uh, the left side of the party is not going to be satisfied where Joe Biden ends up, uh, even though he moved you know, significantly to the left compared to where he was in his career. They're not going to be satisfied. What is the dynamic you see inside the party? And then what is the opportunity that conservatives can seize upon as the party tries to tug itself further and further left? Well, I think when you look at uh, the Biden administration's transition team has appointed uh, to the Treasury team somebody who believes in reparations for African-Americans, right. which is totally undoable. Right. Uh, when you look at uh, the deputy chief of staff, uh, work for Beto O'Rourke, and <laughs> believes in compulsory gun purchases where you have to sell your gun to the government, which is totally undoable. Um, they, they also will be, and this is something that people need to keep a track on, this will be potentially the most corrupt administration since Warren G. Harding. You look at the number of corporate lobbyists who are coming, piling back in. It's amazing, and look, no one's talking about it. It's amazing. Well, in the Senate report yesterday yep. that Hunter Biden was involved in Russia and China yep. and that Joe Biden knew it. Yeah. And, yep. you know, I, I just, Irrefutable I, evidence. If, if you have a party whose ultimate method of winning the presidency is to steal, why wouldn't you think once they were in power, they'd keep stealing? And so I think that'll become one of the big stories of the next four years. Yeah, I think the ethics issue is going to be gigantic. And uh, we just had a poll today. It's coming out in a little bit. Uh, a large majority of Americans believe a special prosecutor should be named to look at the the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden business dealings of 2012 to 2017. Uh, do you think that happens? Is that a good move? Is that something Trump and Barr should do before they leave office? Uh, I'm not a big fan. I know of you're not. Special. Yeah. That's 
I mean, look, look what it did. You know, I'm, I'm also not a big fan. This is just me. <clears throat> I don't think playing gotcha politics in the long run is healthy for the country. I think what the Democrats did to the president, to President Trump, was disgusting yeah. and destructive, weakened America. Uh, I think we can beat Biden on big issues and big themes. I think the corruption, the news media, the morning they no longer have Donald Trump to hate, will start chewing on the Bidens. You think because so, huh? Yeah, that'll my, be a, that'll my, be a my change. Whole, my, whole, <laughs> my whole career was built around, and I, and I got fairly far with it. Yep, was built around the idea that the news media is like a great white shark. If there's blood in the water, it eats. Yep. It, it may even have to eat its friend. It may even cry <laughs> while it's eating, but it will eat. That's pretty but good. Of the beast. Yep. And so I, I think if the Bidens think that they're going to somehow be, be taken care of, they're in for a huge shock about, it'll take about a month after they no longer have Trump to kick around. Wow. And after about a month, they'll go, oh, we, we have Biden to kick around. Yeah. Which they will only do, of course, because of their deep commitment to truth and their hope that Kamala Harris can replace him. Yeah. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of cheerleading on that already. You see it. Yeah. yeah. That's the other part of the equation. Listen, this has been great. Dude, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, it's always great to talk to you. And um, we'll have you back in a few weeks when this election's maybe settled out and get some more wisdom. Take care. We'll keep working our way through it. Thank you, sir. All right. You you be safe. All right, folks, we're going to come back in a second and wrap things up uh, right after this commercial break. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, it's time to wrap things up. We just had an amazing conversation with Newt Gingrich, and we gave you the latest results from the hanging election and our election integrity project here at Just the News, Real America's Voice, our TV partner, the Star Newspapers, all doing great work. Um, you have the very latest from us, and we want to thank you uh, for listening. We hope we're, help, uh, we're helping you get through some of these very complex and undecided issues. We'll give you the facts. You'll make up your own mind. That's what we pride ourselves on. We're about information, not indoctrination. We're about news, not noise. And uh, we're so grateful that you read us and trust us to give you facts that you can then make up your own mind about. And tomorrow, we'll be back with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Our guest tomorrow, well, I think it's going to be Congressman Lee Zeldin of the incredible state of New York, a man who played a very large role in uh, helping to uncover uh, the Russia collusion, misconduct in the FBI and elsewhere in the intelligence community. He also has some strong thoughts about election integrity all around uh, uh, concerned congressman, loves oversight, loves to exercise the power of oversight so he can protect taxpayers' money, taxpayers' interest. And tomorrow, Congressman Lee Zeldin is going to be here to tell us what he thinks about all that's been going on. John Durham, 
Hunter Biden, and, of course, the hanging election. That'll be our guest tomorrow. So check back, tune in tomorrow. In the meantime, if you need some great steaks, remember the special deal we got going with Kansas City Steaks. If you need some new um, uh, gadgets, we've got the JTN store. Now we get time for Christmas. You might need some earbuds for your teenagers or for your parents who are having trouble listening. We've got all sorts of great gadgets at jtnshop.com. Everything you do to support the advertisers you just heard from, every time you buy something from the JTN store, every time you attend one of our special events, you're helping to support our journalism as well as supporting our great advertisers and sponsors. We thank you for that. We ask you to keep it up so that we can keep Just the News growing and serving you better each day. All right, folks, have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports.